catch us. We are on Instagram at notsopeterpriesthood. And you can email us at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy. Bye. When do the flashbacks stop? Is there a time where you, you like you have healed enough that it doesn't come up just in your average everyday life? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I don't haven't found that time yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here's my story. So we were sitting at the table last night and we were playing a game, and one of my boys had like their elbows up on the table to like lean forward, and it brought back like a bolt of lightning to my brain this young women's activity that we had one time so we were so it was an etiquette night oh yeah yeah (laughs) so we had to like dress (laughs) up and we were having like a formal dinner and the young women's like leader pulled me aside as I was coming into the house and she's like I need you to do something for me and like I was like, oh, I'm a people per- a people pleaser. I would love to do anything that you ask for. She's like, I want you to be extremely rude. And like the crippling anxiety that I just had to be there to begin with. <laughs> she wanted me to go like to the extreme of like, put your elbows on the table. You like be really rude. And I was oh. like, please don't, please don't, please don't do this to me. Like I just... <laughs> remember being like I I can't I can't like just and I was just recently speaking to a friend who knew me at this time who said that they recall me being a kind of person that was really enclosed inside of myself that was like the way they described me and I was like oh that's perfectly exactly how I was so this young women's leader looking at this like please don't even look at me person was like, can you draw attention to yourself and be a spectacle? And I was like, uh, I'm really uncomfortable with that. And so, like, we all sat down and we were, like, supposed to wait. But I, like, sat in the chair first. And so, of course, I was like, Daddy, get up out of the chair. And then I was like, uh. and then, like, we were sitting and I, like, put my elbows on the table. And they were like, Daddy. And I, like, started crying. Oh. I was so embarrassed. And, like oh. the young women's leader was like, "I asked you to do it. I'm sorry, everybody. I just wanted you to see like the co- the comparison." And I was oh, like, "That's Please terrible. Never speak that's to a me terrible again. way to do that." I know. And I <laughs> was thinking about that last night and was like, still like so. I feel like there's a different way to approach. Like, let's show an example of what not to do. Like, just let everybody do that. Like, okay, put your elbows on the table. Yeah, well, you, you know, everybody like, does. Make it known that I, I'm not actually a rude person being <laughs> yeah. disrespectful of this woman's house. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I just had this like crippling sense of like anxiety last night thinking about it. And I like texted you and I was like, I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can remember, I never actually, I don't remember doing one of those dinners, but I know my dad, so my dad was in army officer and he part of officer training they do like an etiquette training and uh, he so they had him teach it one time I just remember that and like everybody was raving about how good he did and all this so I don't know (laughs) oh I just oh Mm. yeah 
And like my parents, like were my parents were the kind of people who are like, our kids are gonna experience the world. There's they're gonna know. Like I knew what fork to use whilst eating seafood. I I've experienced like I've had eaten lobster and mm-hmm. and you know coming from like redneck Alberta, that's a pretty yeah. big deal to have like eaten squid and had oysters mm-hmm. and like. I knew how to behave in like a high end classy dining establishment. So to be the mm-hmm. one that was like singled out, I oh. was just like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Oh, it was so <laughs> oh poor dust poor baby dusty. Poor baby dusty. <laughs> how old were you? Like twelve? I was like, like, no, I was no. like 15? fourteen or fifteen, yeah. Oh, like dang. I was older. Mm-hmm. So bad. So bad. It's such a weird oh. thing if you think about it, like why do they teach that in church? Well, especially like the majority of those girls still live like not to say you can't have a formal dining experience while you're like after you come in from checking cows but it's just like it was just it seemed i don't know it seemed very arbitrary to teach these little girls how to like because it was all the young women's right like it was 12 through 18 or whatever Mm -hmm. and it just seemed very silly that like you know, so-and-so was late because they had to go do their chores in the barn and then had to run in and, like, drink from a crystal goblet. Like, why does a Mormon woman even have a crystal? I just, it's, um, <laughs> maybe I'm being very snobby so, right now, well, but. Speaking of that, the, um, my, my mom has tons of, like, china and, like, these yeah. fancy glasses that she never uses because they're for alcohol. <laughs> like she has these right? champagne flutes and stuff that are beautiful. And I'm like, um, you're never going to use those. She's never used them. She just has them on display. I'm like, cool. <laughs> the appearance of evil, though. Mm-hmm. We had sherry glasses that my mom would put desserts into. Oh, and I always oh, thought yeah. they were like dessert cups. They're a sherry yeah. glass. <laughs> like yeah. they're gorgeous, but yeah. We had those too. Now that yeah. I just broke a memory, like a <laughs> clicked yeah, in memory. It was like in my... Cut crystal, and they were pink. It was like a cut crystal <laughs> pink glass, which my mom loves oh. pink. So, anyways, this, <laughs> this has been. Sorry, I went on a crazy tangent. Well, it's so fine far. because I know a segue. <laughs> because um, so that dinner that my dad did, um, he had them eat spaghetti. <laughs> So, because spaghetti is one of the hardest ones to, um, like, keep clean. Like, you're going to get it all over yourself. And, like, how are you going to eat it by looking? Yeah. yeah. I, I usually take my kids' clothing off to eat spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> <in the> top. <laughs> Too bad we all can't do that. Just, Seriously, we just dine nude Just get here. naked while we <laughs> eat spaghetti. <laughs> I have so many pictures of them just, like, covered head to toe, just grinning. <laughs> the getty in their little hands oh my god they're so cute anyways okay uh so today we are going to talk about uh, also spaghetti but it's the flying spaghetti monster (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) it's more just like more out of my own curiosity too like i was just trying to figure out like what the um see i got it that's what so I had to, Pat always says, if anybody asks what religion he is, they he always says, oh, I believe in the flying spaghetti monster. And I'm like, what does that even, what does that mean? <laughs> like, he said it multiple times, and I've never, like, looked it up for some reason. No. Um, okay, so my sources are Wikipedia, first of all, probably primarily, and um, this, uh, let's see, there was the, where'd it go? Um... 
tbtropes.org and uh, pastafarians.org.au. So. Pastafarians? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're called. Okay, so <laughs> uh, the Flying Spag- Spaghetti Monster is the deity of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, or Pastafarianism. And it's a parodic new religious movement that promotes a lighthearted view of religion. It originated in opposition to the teaching of intelligent design in public schools in the United States. <laughs> According to adherents, Pastafarianism is so pasta and Rastafarianism is a real legitimate religion as much as any other, and it has received some limited recognition as such. So I know that there were some people that would put it because you put your religion on your dog tags in the military. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some people, this one, they can, you can legitimately put this on your, you can put anything on there really, but like you can legitimately put this on your dog tag. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> checking someone's dog tag and it's saying pasta fairy? <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I would. I would just what? I know. (laughs) So, uh, the Flying Spaghetti Monster was first described in a satirical open letter written by Bobby Henderson in 2005 to protest the Kansas State Board of Education decision to permit teaching intelligent design as an alternative to evolution in state state school science classes. Isn't that amazing? Like, he was just, he came up with this whole thing, like this letter of, hey, if you're going to teach that, you got to teach this, you know, like... (laughs) Uh, in the letter, Henderson demanded equal time in science classrooms for flying spaghetti monsterism alongside intelligent design and evolution. After Henderson published a letter on his website, the flying spaghetti monster rapidly became an inter- internet phenomenon and a symbol of opposition to the teaching of intelligent design in state schools. Uh, Pastafarian tenets... Uh, generally satires of creationism are presented on Henderson's Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster website um, where he is described as prophet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because um, on the website, he, there's like a whole, a little bit of a like background on him, not much. There's like a paragraph about him. And one of the things that he's like, he's a expert hammock, uh, like hammock layer. Like, and it shows a picture of him just like laying <laughs> in a hammock. <laughs> on a beach and it's amazing like <laughs> you can tell that he doesn't take himself too seriously and I love it but it's also at the same time just like the whole point of the movement is to be like well my thing is just this as legitimate as yours yeah, yeah. Oh, God, and it's easy amazing. to start a religion obviously yeah. <laughs> um, let's see um, let's see, where was I? What did I? So, so I, side note, I probably shouldn't even admit to this, but I had this all written, written out in beautiful notes, and then I forgot to bring them, print them from work. So, oh, no. I don't have a printer, so I've had to kind of pivot. So, who, that's who, why I, I mean, I have a printer because I'm a psycho person, but like, who actually in this day and age owns a printer? Like, think of think of the people you know who out of your like friend group even owns a printer nobody yeah. my parents do, but that's yeah. you know but that's their their generation so anyway um uh and if anybody's listening from work uh i did not use it for personal use 
Because <laughs> <laughs> that's apparently against the policy, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I will pay you my 10 cents. Um, you know, my printer wasn't working. I had to go like pay to print something at Staples, and I was like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like a peasant. <laughs> like a peasant. <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster was written by Henderson in 2006, and in the loose canon, the Holy Book of the Church of the Flying Sp- Spaghetti Monster, that's where the te- he has the tenets of it. Um, the central creation myth is that an invisible and undetectable flying spaghetti monster created the universe after drinking heavily. Pirates <laughs> are revered as the original Pastafarians. The, the flying spaghetti monster community congregates at Henderson's website to share ideas about and sightings of the flying spaghetti monster and display crafts representing images of it. <laughs> That's literally all it is. Like, you just like. Um, you create like you say oh and I looked at their website and it's like oh we saw the flying spaghetti monster here and they have parades with the flying spaghetti monster oh my god Um, this is like the sacred whale (laughs) on Instagram have you seen it uh uh oh okay we'll talk about it after this okay well yeah you brought it up okay well you you keep talking and then I'll I'll... just google it (laughs) it's just just... like this Oof account. It's taking everything from the LDS church, but it's turning it into the sacred whale. Oh, yes. yes I'm sure okay. you've seen yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's just, it's giving me those kind of vibes of like. Yeah. It's just a satire on. Just satire on it. Yeah. Like anything the church does, they just twist it and say it was a sacred whale. So yep. funny. So funny. Uh, because of its popularity and exposure, the flying speeding monster is often used as modern, more modern version of Russell's teapot, an argument that the philosophic burden of proof lies upon those who make unfalsifiable claims not on those who reject them so um yeah uh pastafarians have engaged in disputes with creationists including in polk county florida where they played a role in dissuading the local school board from adopting new rules on teaching evolution so they've actually even like made some like headway on like not just teaching um creationism in schools that's incredible. Just this like guy who was like, all right, I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Pastafarianism has received praise from the scientific community and criticism from pro- proponents of intelligent design. So going a little more into the history, the, <laughs> uh, he wrote a, Bobby Henderson wrote a letter. He was an Oregon State University physics graduate, sent an open letter uh, regarding the flying speed of monster. In that letter, he satirized creationism by pre- professing his belief that whatever a scientist carbon dates, whenever a scientist carbon dates an object, a supernatural creator that closely resembles spaghetti and meatballs is there changing the results with this noodly appendage. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture of, um, you know, the picture of God and Adam and they're like touching fingers. Is that who it is? It's Adam. Yeah. There's Michelangelo, Michael? creation of Adam. Yeah. Creation of Adam. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, there's a picture of the flying spaghetti monster touching, like using it, and it's called Touched by His Newly Appendage. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is the title of the episode. Oh my god. Um, I feel like that's just a smut monster. Oh yeah, for sure. Waiting to be written. 
if it hasn't been written already. Oh, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> There's some wild ones out there. There's one about a door. <laughs> like, I know, it's a, called it, Unhinged. I yeah. made Michelle read it. <laughs> <laughs> like the she's such a rock. chap. I find this weird <laughs> shit. I send it to her and she's like, well, now I have to read it. So, <laughs> such a shout out to Michelle. Love you, girl. <laughs> Uh, Henderson argued that his beliefs were just as valid as intelligent design and called for equal time in science classrooms. We've already kind of covered that, but um, let's see. He says, I think we can all look forward to the time when these three theories are given equal time, excuse me, in our science classrooms across the country and eventually the world. One third time for intelligent design, one third time for flying spaghetti monsterism, and one third time for lo- logical conjecture based on overwhelming observable evidence. <laughs> Just imagine my six-year-old coming home from school and be like, Mommy, look at my flying spaghetti monster deity I colored today. <laughs> I know, right? Well, and, uh, <sighs> I can remember, let's see, I didn't get taught evolution until college, but that was because I went to Utah State. And oh. I remember like, the Mormons at Utah State being kind of like, mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, we learn about dinosaurs in grade one here. Yeah, we it's like a dinosaurs. whole. I learned about dinosaurs. That's not evolution, really. I mean, it I is. guess it's, it's not. But... Um, I don't remember learning, and I really don't remember like diving into evolution until I went back to college in Colorado. Oh, and, really? Like, took an anthropology class. Huh. Yeah. I think also. because I had very LDS teacher, like we did learn about it in high school, but it was kind of like quickly glossed over i don't remember yeah see that's the thing i don't remember learning about it too much i just remember it being kind of like oh yeah. it's a theory that we've they've you know yeah the theory of like it. darwinism or something and i was like i do remember but yeah actually now that i think about it i did learn yeah. about it but it was never like i feel like it was never like really pronounced like it was yeah, just like yeah. just glossed yeah. over like you said yeah because um, again maybe I, my like well, six um, high school six. teachers i think Five of them were LDS, so. Oh yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> Game Utah and Idaho, all of them were, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> My here's here's how Mormon Cardston is. My biology teacher in grade ten, it was like this big whole thing that he had actually married a student because he started teaching, like he went on his mission. Went to college, went on his mission, came home, finished college, became a teacher, started teaching grade 12 biology, and then married one of his students, like, the next year. I know! Like, that's how Mormon. And everybody's just like, isn't that a cute story? And I'm like, no! No, it's disgusting. He's a predator. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he was only 22 when she was 18, but still, like, you're in... I don't actually know if she was his student or if she was just a student, but... Mm. But that happens all the time. Like guys would come home from their missions and they'd start like oh, yeah. high school. Do you remember the um hi, I got married at eighteen to a return missionary. Well, and the whole idea was it what was it like sophomore year? The girls were always like, Oh, you gotta start dating the seniors because by the time you date this by the time you um kind they get home from their mission, you'll be graduating. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get you'll be ready to marry. Um, yeah. thinking about that, I'm like, that's disgusting now that I think yeah. like but that was a very exactly prevalent right. I was in grade idea. nine when my ex-husband left on his mission. Mm. Grade nine? Grade ten. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> There's like five girls engaged in grade 12, though, when I graduated. So I was one of them. Hi. 
<laughs> oh, I need so much more therapy. Uh, let's see. So, according to Henderson, since the intelligent design movement uh, uses ambiguous references to a designer, any conceivable entity may fulfill that role, including a fighting spaghetti monster. <laughs> he says, I don't have a problem with religion. What I have a problem with is religion posing as science. If there is a god and he's intelligent, then I would guess he has a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. So, in May 2005, having received no reply from the Kansas State Board of Education, Henderson posted a letter on his website, gaining significant public interest. Shortly thereafter, Pastafarianism became an internet phenomenon. Uh, he published the responses he then received from board members. Three board members, all of whom opposed the curriculum amendments, responded positively. A fourth board member responded with the comment, it is a serious offense to mock God. <laughs> uh, Henderson has also published a significant amount of hate mail, including death threats that he has received within one year of sending the open letter. Henderson received thousands of emails on the flying spaghetti monster, eventually over totaling over 60,000, of which he has said that about 95% have been supportive, while the other 5% have said, I'm going to hell. During that time, his site garnered tens of millions of hits. I'm going to hell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. See you there. <laughs> you can also, there's also, so there's the Flying Spaghetti Monster version of the Jesus Fish. So, and it's basically like, so the Jesus fish, you've seen it, where it's yeah, like the... people have it on their cars around here for some yeah. reason. Yeah. They had them all over in the South, which makes sense, but um, the, and that's really where the first time I saw it, but like it has FSM in the middle, and then it's got like two googly eyes on the top that are like the spaghetti balls, and then little, six little like curly appendages off Flying of it spaghetti monster logo hold on hold on look i have a new computer i can actually go oh my god this is amazing did you get the logo or did you get the jesus fish version i got the jesus fish isn't that amazing <laughs> I oh my god i want this on my car <laughs> i know i'm kind of like gonna uh, and apparently, I'll, you don't even have to, like, pay into... We'll, we'll get into that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, as word of his challenge to the board spread, his website and cause received more attention and support. The satirical nature of Henderson's argument made the flying spaghetti monster popular with bloggers, as well as humor and internet culture websites. Uh, the flying spaghetti monster was featured on websites such as Boing Boing, Something Awful, Encyclopedia, and Fark. <laughs> which <laughs> I got to check those out. Uh, oh, God. Uh, and International Society for Flying Spaghetti Monster Awareness and other fan sites have emerged. As public awareness grew, the mainstream media picked up on the phenomenon. The Flying Spaghetti Monster became a symbol for the case against intelligent design and public education. Um, it's also been printed in several major newspapers, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, and Chicago Sun-Times. And has received worldwide press attention. Which, as you'll see, um, one of my uh, sources is from Australia, so <laughs> wow, it's made it everywhere. Um, that's basically so. The flying spaghetti monster, gospel, the gospel of the flying spaghetti monster is like just a their little like pamphlet that they have that he's written, um, and it has like their tenets. So the tenets are 
Um, although Henderson has stated that the only dogma allowed in the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is the rejection of dogma, some general beliefs are held by Apostafarians. Henderson proposed many Apostafarian tenets in reaction to common arguments by proponents of intelligent design. These canonical, canonical beliefs are presented by Henderson in his letter, um, this, in his letter, and then the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, and on his website. So the creation myth um, is in flying spaghetti in Pastafarianism is um, the central is that in he the invisible undetectable flying spaghetti monster um, created the universe after drinking heavily. Uh, the monster's intoxication was the cause for a flawed Earth. Furthermore, according to Pastafarianism, all evidence for evolution was planted by the flying spaghetti monster in an effort to, to test the faith of Pastafarians, um, parodying certain biblical literalists. <laughs> when scientific measurements such as radiocarbon dating are taken, the flying spaghetti monster is there changing the results with this newly appendage. I already said that. Afterlife, um, the Pastafarian con con conception of heaven includes a beer volcano and a stripper, uh, fact, a stripper factory. The Pastafarian hell is similar, except that the beer is stale and the strippers have sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> Which is kind of, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Um, I mean, it's this college dude that created this, so, you know. Uh, according to Pastafarian beliefs... Who was probably completely sober. Let's be, completely, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he probably had a plate of spaghetti and meatballs in front of him and was like, while he was writing the letter. The letter. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And it was probably drinking beer when he was, yeah. Um, pirates are absolute divine beings and the original Pastafarians. So when you look at the website, like on the like the parades and stuff, there's pictures of the flying spaghetti monster and then like a bunch of pirates. People dress up as pirates. So <laughs> they believe that the concept of pirates as thieves and outcasts is misinformation spread by Christian theolog theologians in the Middle Ages. Instead, Pastafarians believed that they were peace-loving explorers and spreaders of goodwill who distributed candy to small children, adding that modern pirates are in no way similar to the fun-loving buccaneers from history. <laughs> in addition, Pastafarians believe that ghost pirates are responsible for all the mysteriously lost ships and planes from the Bermuda Triangle. Pastafarians are among those who celebrate International Talk Like a Pirate Day on September 19th. Oh, I was so wondering where, like, I was like, why, why? Yeah, where, I know, who? right? Who? <laughs> I mean, I'm down for it, but who? <laughs> uh, let's see. The inclusion of pirates in Pastafarianism was part of Henderson's original letter. Uh, in a, and he presented the argument that global warming, earthquakes, hurricanes, and other natural disasters are a direct effect of the shrinking numbers of pirates since the 1800s. <laughs> a deliberately misleading graph accompanying the letter with with new numbers humorously, humorously disordered on the x-axis shows that the as the number of pirates decreased global temperatures increased this parodies the suggestion from some religious groups that the high numbers of disasters famines and wars in the world is due to the lack of respect and worship toward their deity <laughs> In 2008, <laughs> isn't this amazing? In 2008, Henderson interpreted the growing pirate activities at the Gulf of Aden as additional support, pointing that the on that Somalia has the highest number of pirates and the lowest carbon emissions of any country. <laughs> uh, <What? so. 
<laughs> so the their holidays like there's already the international international talk like a pirate day, but there's they celebrate every Friday as a holy day. Prayers are concluded with the final declaration of affirmation, Ramen. <laughs> Ramen. <laughs> the term is parodic of, of Amen and Ramen, um, referring to the Japanese noodle dish and to the newly appendages of their deity. <laughs> the cele- celebration of pa- Pastover, Pastover uh, requires consuming large amounts of pasta and during Ramadan, only ramen oh, no. noodles are consumed. <laughs> oh, no. I know. Some of it feels a little bit like, oh, you made me fun. I mean, like, even the, the Pastafarian's a little, and now I'm like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, around the time of Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa, Pastafarians celebrate a vaguely defined holiday named Holiday. Uh, just holiday. Holiday does not take place on a specific date so much as it is the holiday season itself, which I'm like, oh, that's basically what I did. So anyway, according to Henderson, as Pastafarians reject dogma and formalism, there are no specific requirements for holiday. Pastafarians celebrate holiday in any manner they please. Pastafarians interpret the increasing usage of happy holidays rather than more traditional greetings such as Merry Christmas as support for Pastafarianism. <laughs> Which I was made a point this last over Christmas to just say happy holiday, yeah, everybody. I did too. People would say Merry Christmas to me, and I'd say Merry Christmas back. But if I started the conversation, I'd say, Oh, happy holidays. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I would always say it back if like like my boss's boss said Merry Christmas to everybody, and I said Merry Christmas. Like that was yeah, yeah. yeah like. Um, in December 2005, George W. Bush's White House Christmas greeting cards wished people a happy holiday season, leading Henderson to write the president a note of thanks, including a fish emblem depicting the flying spaghetti monster for his limousine or plane. Oh, so he gave yeah, and it, and then uh, Henderson also thanked Walmart for its use of the phrase. <laughs> uh, so the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, the book, is. Um, he so he received a in 2005 Bobby Henderson received a reported 80,000 advance from um, a publisher to write the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Henderson said he planned to use proceeds from the book to build a pirate ship with which he would spread the Pastafarian religion. The book was released on March 28, 2006, and it elaborates on Pastafarian beliefs established in the open letter. Henderson employs satire to present perceived flaws with evolutionary biology. Um, he says the gospel urges readers to try Pastafarianism for 30 days, saying, if you don't like us, your, your old religion will most likely take you back. <laughs> uh, as a he says that more than 100,000 copies of the book have been sold. Um, that's really a, like the mo- majority of like the income, like the money that comes from this from is like people book. buying the book and like that's people crazy. buying the media, like the, yeah. buy the like his um, the car emblem stuff. Yeah, the car emblem. Like, I'll buy the car emblem. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was nominated for the Quill Award and Humor but was not selected as winner. Um, Wayne Allen Brenner of the Austin Chronicle characterized the book as a necessary bit of comic relief in the overly serious battle between science and superstition. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Loose Cannon, 
in September 2005, before Henderson has re had received his advance to write the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, a Pastafarian member of the Venganza Forums, known as Solipsy, Solipsy? I don't know. announced the beginning of a project to collect, collect texts from fellow Pastafarians to compile into the loose canon, the Holy Book of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, uh, essentially analogous to the Bible. The book was completed in 2010. It was made available for download. Some experts, goodness, some excerpts from the loose canon. You ready for this? Um, I am the flying spaghetti monster. Thou shalt have no other monsters before me. Afterwards, okay, just use protection. The only monster who deserves capitalization is me. Other monsters are false monsters, undeserving of capitalization. That's <gasps> Poor Elmo. That's from Suggestions 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Suggestions 1-1. <laughs> one, one. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, another scripture, quote unquote, uh, since you have done a half-assed job, you will receive half an ass. The great pirate Solomon grabbed his ceremonial scimitar and struck his remaining donkey, cleaving it in two. That's from <laughs> Slackers 1, 51 through 52. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So the... <laughs> My dog grabbed something that he shouldn't have, but I can't do anything about it right now. Um, it's fine. Doggy, be good. <laughs> He's been a naughty little boy lately. Anyway, uh, he just wants attention. It's fine. Um, <laughs> that's my. I'm therapizing my dog. <laughs> he just <laughs> cry for attention. Doesn't matter <laughs> if it's good attention or bad attention. He wants attention. Yeah. Uh, another book is the New Testament of the Flying Spaghetti Monster Dinner 2.0, the new one. <laughs> Recipe. Uh, let's see, it was published in June 2018. It's the Holy Book of the Unitarian Church of Pasta and the FSM Revival Church of Ziti. <laughs> uh, some expert ex why keep excerpts, not experts. Excerpts um, include. Uh, we need never doubt our divine carbohydrate, for even our DNA is shaped like a noodle, so we know that pasta is holy. That's from book one, the holy book of lasagna. <laughs> lasagna. Uh, let's see. So, in, uh, it, so there's also a bottle. There's um, flying spaghetti monster red wine. There's a knitted. Somebody made like a knitted thing. Like there's this thing that you could do it. You could do it. You can knit a flying spaghetti monster. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, marriage. We can talk about. So the church they of the flying people? apparently uh, the church of the flying spaghetti monster operates an ordination mill on their website, which enables officiates in jurisdictions where credentials are needed to officiate weddings. Pastavarians say that in jurisdictions where church and state are separated, the government is precluded from arbitrarily arbitrarily labeling one denomination religiously valid, but another an ordination mill. <laughs> in in November 2014, Rodney Michael Rogers, a Minneapolis-based atheist for human rights, sued Washington County, Minnesota under the 14th Amendment, Amendment Equal Protection Clause and the First Amendment Free Speech Clause with their attorney claiming discrimination against atheists. Quote, when the sta statute clearly permits recognition of a marriage celebrant whose religious credentials consist of nothing more than a $20 ordination obtained from the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, the requirement is absolutely meaningless in terms of ensuring the qualifications of a marriage celebrant. 
A few days before a hearing on the matter, Washington County changed its policy to authorize Rogers to officiate weddings. <laughs> uh, this action was done in an effort to deny the court jurisdiction on the underlying claim. In May 2015, the federal court held that the issue had become moot and dismissed the case. The first legally recognized Pastafarian wedding was celebrated in New Zealand on April 16, 2016. <laughs> it's also been used as a um, uh, an argument for free speech. A high school student in Buncombe County, North Carolina, North Carolina was suspended for wearing pirate regalia, which he would said was part of his Pastafarian faith. Killian prote protested the suspension, saying he violated his First Amendment rights to religious freedom and freedom of expression. If this is what I believe in, no matter how stupid it might sound, I should be able to express myself however I want to. That's what got he a said. point. Got a yeah. point. Um, in March 2008, Pastafarians in Crossville, Tennessee, were permitted to place a flying spaghetti monster statue in a free speech zone in the courthouse lawn and proceeded to do so. It's <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> uh, the display gained a national interest on blogs and online news sites and was even covered by Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, in 2012, Tracy McPherson of the Pennsylvania Pastafarians petitioned the Chester County, Pennsylvania commissioners to allow representation of the FSM at the county courthouse equally with the Jewish menorah and a Christian nativity scene. <laughs> I bet they didn't get destroyed like the the satanic temple yeah uh, got destroyed by like their um display in some courthouse in I want to say Ohio something anyway Oklahoma Ohio. something mm, somewhere oh. somewhere with an O yeah well those are the only two if it would be anyway uh but but it, God forbid they do that to a Christian one. And, uh, on September 21st, 2012, Pastafarian Georgios Loizos, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but was arrested in Greece for on charges of malicious blasphemy and offensive religion for the creation of a satirical Facebook page called Elder Pastis. Oh my goodness, Elder Pastisios, based on a well-known deceased Greek Orthodox. Greek Orthodox monk, Elder Paisos, Paisios, where his name and face were substituted with a pasticio, a lo local pasta and bechamel, bechamel, sauce dish. The case, which started as a Facebook flame, reached the Greek parliament and created a strong political reaction to the arrest. So it's created this whole like social movement too. It's really yeah, it seems like it's, yeah, it's done a lot. Also, they are seen wearing colanders for headgear. Um, that's another. Um, so you can wear a pasta strainer on your head as a. Um, <laughs> in, Ju in July 2011, Austrian pastafarian Nico Alm won the legal right to be shown in his driving license photo wearing a pasta strainer on his head. That's After amazing. three years spent pursuing permission and obtaining an examination certifying that he's psychologically fit to drive. Wow. <laughs> and now they like that's you, you also see yeah. them wearing colanders on their heads in these parades and whatever. So I guess their let's see, their prayers are interesting. There's not like are they like okay. rope prayers or? Some of them aren't, but like there's really just like kind of like a 
for an example, truly this be the way we Pastafarians must busy our hands when we pray. The more fervent our prayers, the more wiggly must our new newly fingers be. Ramen. <laughs> and let's see, that's from the spaghettimonster.org. <laughs> There's also like I know. Noodly <laughs> <laughs> thingies. Um Katie, noodly thingies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, our pasta who art in a colander, draining be your noodles, thy noodle come, thy sauce be yum, on top some grated parmesan. Give us this day our garlic bread, and forgive us our indulgences, as we forgive those who make reality TV. And lead us not into vegetarianism, but deliver us some pizza, for thine is the meatball, the noodle, and the sauce, forever and ever, Roman. Oh, that one's that one's the best one. I, think. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Our pasta so art in a colander. <laughs> <laughs> what else is this one? Uh, that's the same one. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's the the main one. That's like a oh yeah, that's the same. Um, uh, this one. Okay, so you want to hear about the... <laughs> so they got some commandments, but they're called the I'd Really Rather You Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got the eight uh, I'd Really Rather You Didn't because they lost the other two. Um, I can't remember. There's a reason why there's only eight. But I think I think that's where, what I read was something about it. Um, the Flying Spitty... No, it was... the their version of Moses. I can't remember his name is. Anyway, they have a version of Moses and okay, he no. lost the other two. So uh, these are the eight I'd really rather you didn't. Number one, I'd really rather you didn't act like a sanctimonious holier than thou ass when describing my nudely goodness. If some people don't believe in me, that's okay. Really, I'm not that vain. Besides, this isn't about them, so don't change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number two, I'd really rather you didn't use my existence as a means to oppress, subjugate, punish, eviscerate, and or, you know, be mean to others. I don't require <laughs> sacrifices, and purity is for drinking water, not people. I love that. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> uh, I'd really rather you didn't judge people for the way they look or how they dress or the way they talk or, well, just play nice, okay? Oh, and get this in your thick heads. Woman equals person. Man equals person. Samey, samey. One is not better than the other unless we're talking about fashion, and I'm sorry, but I gave that to women and some guys who know the difference between teal and fuchsia. <laughs> That's the whole thing. <laughs> uh. Number four, I'd really rather you didn't indulge in conduct that offends yourself or your willing consenting partner, partner of legal age and mental maturity. As for anyone who might object, I think the expression is go fuck yourself unless they find that offensive, in which case they can turn off the TV for, TV for once and go for a walk for a change. <laughs> Get some fresh air. <laughs> I think the expression is go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, I'd really rather you didn't challenge the bigoted, misogynist, hateful ideas of others on an empty stomach. Eat, then eat, then go after the bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
number six, I'd really rather you didn't build multi-million dollar churches, temples, mosques, shrines to my newly goodness where the money could be better spent. Take your pick. A, ending poverty. B, curing diseases. C, living in peace, loving with passion, and lowering the cost of cable. I might be a complex co- carbohydrate, an omniscient being, but I enjoy the simple things in life. I ought to know I am the creator. <laughs> Boom, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> <Lower> <laughs> Um, let's see. It's number seven. I'd really rather you didn't go around telling people I talk to you. You're not that interesting. Get over yourself. And I told you to love your fellow man. Can't you take a hint? <laughs> <laughs> You're not that interesting. <laughs> Get over yourself. Uh, and the final one is I'd really, uh, I'd really rather you didn't do unto others as you would have them do unto you if you are into um, stuff that uses a lot of leather, lubricant, Las Vegas. If the other person is into it, however, pursuant to number four, then have at it. Take pictures and for the love of Mike, wear a condom. Honestly, it's a piece of rubber. If I didn't want it to feel good when you did it, I would have added spikes or something. (laughs) (laughs) And that is from the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster Australia. Be touched by his noodly appendage. There you go. Ramen. (laughs) Ramen. Wow. And that is uh, all I have for that. That's incredible. That. Wow. (laughs) Aside from like the slightly problematic stealing from other places. Yeah. And I guess like shaming of strippers is a little bit. It's a little problematic. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it was created in like the early 2000s. So there was still that conversation like and also gay people there was still like an ick about gay people and there was all you know it was okay to shame women for being strippers so you know yeah <laughs> doesn't make it right but no whatever. yeah they need to amend that but sex work is still work so. yeah. that was that was i feel enlightened <laughs> um yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you go eat the big old bowl of spaghetti and